Coaches. Blow the whistle, ay. blow the whistle, ay. blow the whistle, they can't hold a flame against you, ay. blow the whistle, blow the whistle, blow the whistle, got the game, it ain't no issue, yeah. blowing the whistle, I had enough with you, the championship it is gone, ain't listen to you, I can't give it to you, cause you don't know what I've been on, this is the coaches, podcast, ripping up everything, off that, Hey guys, welcome into the Fantasy Coaches Podcast. This is your host, Steve Pintado, and with me as always is my main man, Jabron Curtis. What's going on, Jay Jibs? Uh, happy Sunday, everybody. Uh, just got like a couple more weeks of fantasy season to rise, and I'm ready for some of these drafts starting this week. What about uh, you, Steve? Same thing, man. I'm, I did, I'm doing a draft right now with our boy Kevin's League here that I'm not fully not paying attention to, but I have cues, so... I'm trying to keep that going, and we just obviously did our, you know, writers analyst draft, and that was a that was a lot of fun, especially since I had like the worst teams to pick from. But you know, not too bad overall. And yes, we're here talking on a Sunday, uh, doing for our Thursday episode that you will be hearing on Thursday. But uh, we're having a big fun show today because we have almost 95% of our team on today's episode. We're doing our, unfortunately, I still couldn't think of a good name, but coaches' favorites. Uh, it's sort of like a some of a my guy, you know, people that we have want to put our stamp on and say, hey, these are people you want to draft in this year's draft because of the reasons behind it. And so I'm using the name Coach's Faves. We may change it for the title of the show, but we're going with that for right now. So uh, we got a lot of people to introduce today here. And uh, I'll start by, let me pull my list up here because I want to do this in the right order here. Tyler, unfortunately, is not here at the moment. He'll hopefully be here soon. But uh, Jesse Clark, what's going on, bud? How we doing, guys? Doing yeah, good. I'm, I'm Jesse Clark. Uh, happy to be here. I actually just felt like we just did the podcast, you know, just a few days ago, but it's been now a little over a week. So draft season is among us. I cannot believe it's the end of August already, and we are only a few weeks away from draft season. So. Uh, super excited to do this uh, My Guys, Coaches, Faves episode. Looking forward to uh, seeing what we have in store. Yeah, no, definitely. Always glad to have you on, you know, our COO of the company. So appreciate that. Always having you here. Joe, what's going on, bud? Coach Joe's in the house, guys. Hey, what's going on, guys? Jeez, think three weeks from right now, we'll see Tom Brady play his first game against Drew Brees at the Superdome. Three weeks from right now. It's so crazy. I'll go with Jesse said. I'm glad to be doing this, and I hope whoever's listening to this takes some good stuff from this podcast. Um, again, we're draft seasons. I mean, the busiest part of draft seasons here. I mean, it's time to put in the work, and let's get let's get going. Absolutely, couldn't agree more with you. And we got Coach Justin. What's going on, Justin? Hey, how's it going, guys? Good to be on. Uh, it does feel surreal that in three weeks we'll be watching football. Uh, it's an escape from some of those hard times. Definitely, definitely some football will help us out with everything that's going on for sure. All right, and then we go to Devin. What's going on, Devin? Coach Dev? What's happening, guys? What's happening? We're almost here, almost there. I got about six drafts going on today myself. Hopefully we get through them from platforms. That's great to hear, man. I love I love all the draft talk. That's great. As many <laughs> leagues as you can be in, that's, that's all I could say. So uh, then we got Mr. Coach Mark. What's going on, buddy? Oh, it's going good over here. I'm, I'm excited that uh, as of now, football season is going to be going ahead. When uh, when NHL and NBA got shut down, I was I was pretty nervous. Uh, first time getting into the fantasy business, and all of a sudden it looked like football wasn't going to happen. So I'm pretty excited about it. Plus, my favorite team drafted CD Lamb, so I don't got much to complain about right now. No, you definitely can't. Not at all. I know the Eagles fans over there shaking their heads, but <laughs> <laughs> and we got Coach Ryan coming back. What's going on, Ryan? Doing good. Hey guys, I'm glad to be here. <clears throat> like everyone said, excited for the season. Um, glad it's finally here. All I can really say is I hope that uh, season goes through without any COVID hiccups. That's my only worry so far. Other than that, I'm excited to be here and ready to get it started. Absolutely. Couldn't agree more. Glad to have you back on the show. It's been quite a while. so Glad to be here. <laughs> Absolutely. And let's see if Coach Kevin is maybe in the building now. Hey guys, what's up? Sorry about that. That's nah, quite okay, man. Good to have you back on the show. Again, it's also been a while since we've had you on. It has. It's been a while, but I'm really glad to be back. I'm looking forward to starting my second season on the podcast and with you guys. Cause it's been a great year so far. 
Absolutely. Always glad to have you on the team. Glad to have all you guys on the team. So I appreciate you guys all taking part of your Sundays here. Uh, hopefully, your guys' days off, I'm assuming, and doing some fantasy football talking. And like I said, guys, we're talking some coaches' faves. We're not going to get into any news because, I mean, we could sit here for hours probably talking about news that's going on in the NFL and the training camps right now. But uh, we're here to just give you guys detailed information about certain players that we all find that you got to draft in your drafts this year. About two minutes, two minutes and 30 seconds everyone's going to get and just make a case for this player here. So uh, we're talking today. Tyler, unfortunately, is not here yet, so he doesn't get to go first. So maybe he'll join us later. Uh, but Jesse, you're going to be first up. You're going to give me one of your two players you have right now and start us on why they're one of your faves. Yeah, so I guess I'll start with the man in Baltimore, and that is Marquise Hollywood Brown. So right now in ADP consensus, he is going as the 31st wide receiver off the board, and I believe I have him as my 22nd or 23rd wide receiver off the board. So I'm obviously substantially higher than the consensus ADP. I don't want to be hyperbolic or anything, but I honestly think this is the spiel of the wide receiver class this year. I just think this the sky is the limit. If you are shooting for upside, look no further than Hollywood Brown. Last year, he came into the season and played all of the season, now we know, was not very healthy to begin, and uh, I don't want to bring up sad times but obviously he started off last season with a bang given the the 28 point performance against your Miami Dolphins and then uh you know as the season progressed he kind of went down with injury he kind of came back he just never was really right but that being said uh uh, according to Matt Harmon's uh, reception perception he still finished inside the top 84th percentile in uh, man coverage. So he's not just a deep threat, as a lot of people might think. Just to give you a few other uh, tidbits about his 2019 season, you know, I, I just think if he gets anywhere close to 100 recept- or 100 targets, he is going to far surpass his ADP. He Last year, he had, um, I believe he was one of only seven uh, wide receivers that logged the um, uh, total of yards per route run, uh, air yards, you know, uh, receptions, just all around a really, really good value right now. And I think he's going to be the number one option in that passing game. I think they also were a very run-heavy team. They played in very favorable uh, scripts, game scripts last year, so they were just able to run it. I think a little bit is going to regress in that aspect, and I think they're going to be forced to throw it a little bit more. So whereas I think Lamar's touchdown rate might go down and he might not throw for as many touchdowns, I think he might throw for more yards, and I think he's going to throw for more attempts. So I believe they were only like fourth or fifth least amount of pass attempts in the league last year i expect that to go up and for all those reasons i i could see him you know finishing within the 100 to 120 target range and if he has that i expect over a thousand yards uh close to you know between six and eight touchdowns and probably close to 75 80 catches so i i i see him uh drastically surpassing that adp of wide receiver 31 I hope so because I did draft him in our uh, writers analyst draft, so I better get I better get good value out of him. Now that was a great take there, Jesse. And now we bring in Coach Joe for his very first take here. Joe, go for it. Well, as an Eagles fan, it pains me to have to bring up this guy, but he should be part of the potent offense. Um, he was on pace for a wide receiver twelve finish had he not missed weeks three and four, and he just got the. Essentially, a wide receiver one endorsement from his coach, Mike McCarthy, this week, and that's Michael Gallup. Um, his eight targets per game, it was the second most for a what you would consider the second receiving option for their team, only behind Chris Godwin and Jarvis Landry. So pretty much I'm evaluating the Dallas defense as a middle-of-the-pack option, which 
favors the Cowboys in terms of potential shootouts. Because if you look at their first six games, they have the Rams, they start, they have the Falcons, the Seahawks. Don't sleep on the Giants. They got an offense that can light up the scoreboard too. I mean, Daniel Jones had a few games where he pretty much lit up. He pretty much lit up some opponents: Tampa Bay, Washington, and again Arizona on Monday night in Week Six. So there's some games where the Cowboys are going to be forced to throw, keep up, or just pretty much just keep lighting the scoreboard. So in terms of Amari, he's going to have to deal with Jalen Ramsey, Patrick Peterson, Joe Hayden, Darius Slay, where it's going to funnel some additional targets toward Michael Gallup's way. So if you go to week 11 from last year, Darius Slay held Amari Cooper to three for eight for 38 yards, while on the opposite end of the perimeter you had Michael Gallup, nine for 13 for 148. I mean, a big day for him. And if you look at two of the last five um, years on the Mike McCarthy's offense, two of those five saw two receivers finish in the top ten and at the position the wide receiver. I believe it was um, 2014, it was Jordy Nelson and Randall Cobb. In 2016, it was Jordy Nelson and Devontae Adams, all top 10 at the position. So that's my first guy. I feel really confident in Michael Gallup this year. I have no problem stacking Cowboys. If It's actually relatively easy to do so. You can get Amari Cooper probably late third, middle four. Michael Gallup can get probably around like the end of the sixth, middle or beginning of the seventh. Dak's going around probably end of fifth, middle of sixth. So you can stack Cowboys if you want to go that route. But that Cowboy offense is going to be very lethal this year, and I want as much Michael Gallup as I can possibly get. All right, well, now we can take your Eagles card away now because you're talking about the Cowboys there, Joe. But <laughs> no, Michael Gallup is definitely someone, guys, great seventh-round kind of guy you can get who's fallen for some reason in draft. So, no, great take there, Joe. And now we go on to Coach Justin, and your first guy on the board who I really like. Hopefully talk about him first. You have the floor, my friend. Yes, that's right. And uh, if it's who I think it is, then it'll be Calvin Ridley, wide receiver of the Falcons. And, uh, guys, I'm going to be honest. I need help with this one. This should be a Calvin Ridley intervention because everything I hear about him from every person has been glowing. Uh, last year, he had 93 targets and 63 catches and just – 13 games, which was pretty much the exact same stat line he posted in his rookie year, with the exception of he didn't really have any long catches. His longest catch was 36 yards, as opposed to a 75-yarder in his rookie year. And despite only playing 13 games, he still had seven touchdowns. In his rookie year, he had 10. So, in a six game pace without those three games that he missed, he, he would have come down with 1,066 yards and eight touchdowns. And in a 16-game pace since they traded Mohamed Sanu, he would have had 131 targets. So I don't see a way that he does not finish as a wide receiver two. And right now, I have him ranked as a wide receiver one. I have him finishing within decimal points of Adam Thielen, who's wide receiver 11 for me. And I have him above A.J. Brown and Robert Woods. All right. No, I, I love that take. When you said his name on, when you told me, I was like, I got to hear this. I can't wait because we've been talking about Cum Ridley and how his breakout season's ready to come. And definitely love that one right there, guys. He's a definitely a must, guys. Any Every draft you're possibly in, Calvin Ridley. Love that one. And now we go over across the sea again to Mr. Coach Kevin and his first guy off the board, too. Another guy I really do enjoy as well. Kevin, uh, either one, honestly. I like both these guys. Give me your first guy, though. Okay, so my first guy is going to be Ronald Jones, or Rojo, as he's probably more commonly known. Um, he's currently has an ADP of RB33, as see on Fantasy Pros. And to me, that's just outstanding, because if he lives up to the hype that Bruce Arians is currently giving him, he could easily be running back two this year. He could be in the top 15 to 20 guys, I think. Um, so if you're getting him at his current value, it's an absolute steal. Last year, he had a thousand yards, over a thousand yards from scrimmage and six touchdowns. This year, you've added Tom Brady, so you're going to have a better offense, more plays in the red zone with fewer turnovers, which obviously suits him a lot got an improved defense it's just everything's looking up for him because if he's improved his pass blocking as well then he's going to be on the field a lot more 
Um, not much more I can really say. He's just, he has the potential to be a league winner if you're drafting him in the sixth, seventh, eighth round. Definitely. Definitely agree with the league winner mentality there. Bruce Arian said he's my guy, so hopefully he can be our coach's favorite guy. Like, love that take there overall there, Kevin. And then we go over to our next coach with a similar name, Coach Devin. What's going on? Uh, who is your first guy on the board you want to mention here? All right. I'm going to go with one that I don't normally, wouldn't normally be a whole lot interested in. Uh, but this offseason seems to be a, a running back that a lot of people have forgotten about and really haven't been trying to, uh, to go ahead and pick him up. That's James Conner. Now, I don't have any crazy fancy stats for you other than, you know, we're looking at 2018 where, you know, he got the opportunity to play with Bell holding out and, you know, finished, I believe, as the running back six. And then, you know, that offseason was just crazy hype with, you know, Bell leaving for free agency and then it just all James Conner, James Conner, James Conner. And then, you know, I think I, I traded him in a dynasty for Devontae Adams straight up. And I am not regretting that by, by any means. Um, you know, but goes on to 2019 miss i think six games have kind of a you know a down year um but to get running back you know at, at, i think he's finishing his running back between 20 and 25 depending on what you're you know what 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 platform you're using um i just think james Conner is going to have just an enormous breakout season again with you know yeah they added anthony mcfarland in the uh, in the fourth round but you know mike tom was just proven that he is a you know does not use a running back by committee approach and and it's just going to be it, James Conner is just going to eat with with Big Ben back yeah no uh James Conner definitely has that that possibility and a lot of people are definitely are not thinking about him right now in drafts he's kind of seemed to be a forgotten uh cast after you know just having a very mediocre injury prone 2019 season so now definitely a great one there Devin and now we move on to Coach Mark and your first guy. Um, and I want to hear who your first player is. Okay, so my first coach's fave is the running back for the Seattle Seahawks, Chris Carson. Uh, Carson's being drafted right now as the RB17 behind guys like Todd Gurley and in the same range as Leonard Fournette. And not only is Carson safer than those guys, but he, al he also has more upside. Uh, the Seahawks have been top three in rushing attempts the past two seasons. They ran the ball 481 times last year and 534 times the season before that. And over that span, Carson has racked up 2,381 rushing yards on 525 carries, despite missing three games. So the volume is clearly going to be there for Carson. And to make things even better, Carson has also received the fifth most carries inside the 10-yard line over the past two seasons. So the rushing score should be there again. The knock on Carson besides his health has been his lack of involvement in the passing game prior to last year. Now, he didn't morph into Christian McCaffrey or anything like that, but he did get more involved last season, caught 37 passes on 47 targets. And that's at least enough passing volume to keep him from being uh, too game script dependent and at least elevates his floor in PPR leagues. Carson was the RB11 last year, and he was the RB15 in 2018 in only 14 games. And he enters the season in the exact same role, yet to being drafted as the RB17. He's going to outproduce that ADP. It's guaranteed if he's healthy, he's going to beat it. The Seahawks didn't bring in any significant competition for carries this year. Yeah, Carlos Hyde and fourth-round rookie DJ Dallas were at it, uh, but Rashad Penny is going to start on the pub in all likelihood, and Hyde has openly stated that he's been brought on board to be the backup. Carson, I think, is the perfect target for anyone who uses a zero running back strategy, and he's going to be a great RB2 on a lot of teams as well. Uh, the thing that really makes Carson a must-own this season is the lack of red flags compared to the other running backs that are going to his range. You have guys like Todd Gurley and Melvin Gordon who have to change teams in a weird offseason. You have Le'Veon Bell and Leonard Fournette who have to function in miserable offenses. And you have David Johnson who looked like he was done last year. There's just no reason to take on that level of risk with one of those running backs, especially when you know that Carson is secured in his role as the lead back in a run-heavy offense that happens to have Russell Wilson at QB. So with all this season's questionable RB2 candidates, Carson is the safest, and he should function as a high-end RB2 or borderline RB1, and he's being drafted at a bargain price right now. I couldn't agree more with you. If you saw all the dynasty shares I have for Chris Carson this year, uh, it's going to make or break most of my dynasty teams this year. So, Mark, I, I really love that take on Chris Carson there. And now we move over to Coach Ryan. And you have two uh, wide receivers here. And i like to know about, let's see, let's go with your first one here. Uh, talk about your first uh, fave. 
Alrighty. So, um, first off, I want to state I'm not a big fan of um, choosing guys from your favorite team, um, but with this one, I kind of had to throw that aside and and pick him. Um, my pick is Terry McLaurin. Um, really, the one thing that gets me is the the Washington's offense as a whole last season was pretty abysmal. Um, there really wasn't anything going for them throughout the entire year, but that one thing that was was Terry McLaurin, who still ended up doing pretty well he had he was out a couple games um and he wasn't by any means you know blowing people out of the water but finishing as a wide receiver two or better in 42 percent of his games that he played um is something to to look at as well um washington has a completely new coaching staff this season um the offense is completely different um one thing for example scott turner's offense he was if uh, people don't know the offensive coordinator of the panthers last season and they threw the ball um, well, a lot more than the Redskins, or sorry, Washington did um, last season. That number being, they threw it 154 more times. So that alone is bound to help um, McLaurin's target rate. Um, I won't necessarily say it will help his production 100%, but there are more balls that are going to be thrown out to to anyone on the field. Um, the only downside I see with it is Haskins did seem kind of roughed in, in the beginning of last season. Um but he did, as the season went on and as he got started and playing with the ones in practice, stuff like that, he started to actually absorb the offense and, and throw the ball where it needed to be thrown. Um, within the last three games, I think that uh, McLaurin's catch rate with Haskins increased by like 7%, 8%. Um, so I think as long as they, they put in the work, um, keep that connection that they have going, and get to play each play with each other rather throughout the entire season. Uh, sky's the limit, really, for McLaurin this season. Look at you hyping up your uh, Washington football team this year. You gonna get a new jersey? I, I had to do it once. <laughs> do they have new things for Washington football team now? Do they have things out there? I haven't even looked. Um, I mean, kind of, not really. The one thing that it's kind of off topic, but the one thing that kind of hurt me a little bit is um, the NFL did put out jerseys on their site for them, but they don't look like the jerseys that the team announced so i'm a little bit confused on what the, the team's actually going to be wearing out there but for the most part they have been pumping out a lot of things especially masks you can find masks for it everywhere okay okay hopefully you get a new uh, new uh, mascot soon enough so <laughs> <Hopefully>. <laughs> and now we're heading over to our boy coach jibs on uh, your first guy who i really like both your guys so i'm really mad you took them from me but uh tell me tell me about your first guy there let me just keep it short, guys. My first guy is Robert Woods. He's just been a consistent call for fantasy rosters over the last two years. And, like, most likely he's been drafted as, like, the third wide receiver on your team. Uh, in 2018, I, I think he was criminally, like, undervalued. He was drafted as a wide receiver at 34. His ADP was 79th. And he finished as a, a top 10 top 11 wide receiver. This is a 12 wide receiver. So um, if you fast forward to this year, uh, Brandon Cooks has left the building. Jerry Koff is a walking 4,000 passer. He said he wants to get three receivers in 1,000-yard territories. Now, he can work on that three-receiver thing, but I know you could easily peg Robert Woods in for 1,000 yards. He's also a candidate for a positive regression for touchdowns. He only scored two last year, and he's been historically around four or five um, touchdowns per year. So, I can see his value going up a little bit more ways. So as a, as a, he's just a strong wide receiver too, candidate for your team. And if you get him as your third, if you're lucky to get him as your third wide receiver coming up in this draft season, you should feel like spectacular going forward. Oh, you know I love Mr. Bob Woods this year. I'm probably going to take him in every single one of our leagues that we're in together, Jib. So back be, yards. Yes, be ready for yes. that this season. So no, I, I love Bob Woods. He would have been one of mine if you didn't pick him. So I love that take and. I guess I'll end it off with my first one, um, and it's Devin Singletary. A lot of people are definitely on the opposite side of me saying that Devin Singletary will not have the season. I'm hoping he has this year because I still like him as a talent overall. You know, top five in yards uh, per carry last year, top 15 in yards per touch. Uh, you know, he was an RB20 the back half of the season. Doesn't sound like anything fantastic, but you know, he's going in like round seven, eight, right, six, seven, and eight right now as an RB3, which. I really think he can jump up and be a pretty high-end RB2, even with a guy like Zach Moss, who a lot of people also seem to be very high on. But people seem to forget about Devin Singletary and what he was able to bring when he came to the NFL. I guess he was also a third-round pick, just like uh, Zach Moss was, so there's no like capital standing over one another. 
But I didn't realize in college, you know, he carried full workloads. I mean, he carried a 300 ball, 301 carry season in 2018 and then 29, uh, 2017 and 2018, he had 260 uh, carries that season. So the kid can carry a bigger workload if he needs to. Uh, and he also was a top 50 career, you know, running back. And he was actually a top five uh, all time in touchdowns in college. So the kid knows how to score touchdowns. Again, he didn't get that opportunity based off, you know, Josh Allen and obviously Frank Gore last year, who now we have Zach Moss. But I just think that he can be a big enough part of this offense. You kind of saw at the end of last year when he had that 70-30 split with Frank Gore, that with Moss with this uh, condensed offseason, that he can just kind of miss those, you know, miss that opportunity early on without having a full offseason and allow Devin Singletary to see more workload early on and show that he can be involved in both the passing and receiving game and be someone you're getting as an RB3 who can finish as a high-end RB2 by by year's end. So uh, that's one of my first guys overall there. And then we'll go right back to the top. Uh, Ty Coach Tyler, unfortunately, is still not here. Uh, maybe her being by for the end. But uh, Coach Jesse, we're back up to you, my friend. And you have a quarterback here that you want to talk about. And let's see if he can have a, a bounce-back season. Tell us about this guy. Yeah, so I wanted to talk about the platoon player and that is uh, cam newton cam newton right now is going adp 19 according to fantasy pros uh consensus ranks i have him at quarterback 11 i think this is the late round quarterback to target in this year's draft you know we're always looking for those guys with high upside, maybe guys that have done it in the past, but more so than anything, we're looking for guys that are in a good situation and can potentially have that rushing upside. And we've seen it in the past with Cam Newton. Sure, he hasn't been that healthy of late, but you know we have seen him produce uh, top five finishes at the quarterback position in several years. And just to show you how much this recent C bias is a little overblown. So last year he uh, obviously got hurt for the majority of the year, but in 2018 and every other year prior, so 2018, he had 14 games played. He's never had less than 14 games played. He averaged, you know, right around in, in 2018, the last somewhat full season we saw him play he had 20.2 fantasy points per game in that season and last year that would have been quarterback five so you are potentially getting a top five upside fantasy quarterback at adp quarterback almost quarterback you know 20 i just think that's a bit too much and a, a bit of a stretch and i think you know, I, I, I think they're going to mold this offense around him. I think there could be a potential to where they take notes on what Baltimore did last year, and they could see, you know, you could see Cam Newton run a similar style offense. A lot of short passes, a lot of read options. You know, people would say, oh, yeah, but how are they going to run him that much with an injury-prone guy? Well, our guy, Edwin Porras, you know, Dr. Ed, has proven that – uh, wrong, you know. Basically, what he concluded was quarterbacks that are sitting in the pocket are much more likely to get injured than those that are scrambling and running as running quarterbacks. So the study he did showed that you know Cam Newton's more likely to get hurt by just standing there in the pocket rather than running. So I anticipate New England to mold this offense around Cam Newton. In fact, there are several quotes in this offseason that has have stated such. So, um, uh, you know, the, the first one I wanted to mention was from the offensive coordinator, Josh McDaniel. You know, they asked him how it would be like playing in an offense without Tom Brady. And he said, you know, we're just going to keep the same mentality but adapt it to the players that I have now. And I think he was definitely referring to Cam Newton. I think uh, – you know, Bill Belichick has made quotes in the past about Cam Newton's upside and, and how he thinks that as far as rushing ability and passing, he was the top quarterback in the league. Now, obviously, this quote was taken from a few years ago, but that just goes to show you how much Bill Belichick has enjoyed uh, and what he thinks of Cam Newton. So I just think for 
you know, all that said, I kind of was a little bit long-winded. I just wanted to make sure that everybody was really taking into consideration the upside. There is some downside to this pick, and maybe you take another quarterback to back him up. But I think the upside here is immense with Cam Newton, and for that reason, that's why he's going to be my guy. All right, we're looking for hopefully another super Cam-like season. We haven't seen in a few years, so definitely, uh, definitely, that was a fun, fun one there, Jesse. So, and Coach Joe, we're back up to you. You went a tight end route here. Tell us about this tight end that you have uh, as your one of your faves. Yeah, so it's one thing to punt the tight end position. Like you can get Blake Jarwin and you can get Chris Herndon pretty late in drafts. But there's another guy in Carolina that you can get undrafted in most leagues, and that's Ian Thomas. Um, yeah, so Ian Thomas, so pretty much the switch from quarterback from Kyle Allen to Teddy Bridgewater is going to benefit not just him, but Curtis Samuel. Um, 50% of their targets were completed. In fact, I'll even throw a bonus that of the 30 um, guys that had 100 targets last year, Curtis Samuel had the lowest completion percentage. So those two guys are going to really benefit from a more accurate quarterback in Teddy Bridgewater. In fact, Teddy Bridgewater, three-quarters of his throws were for nine yards or fewer, which not only benefits Ian Thomas, but also Christian McCaffrey. So if you can go back from to week 14 of 2018, there were six games where Greg Olson was inactive. Ian Thomas scored three touch, or scored touchdowns in three of those six games, and he maintained 12 fantasy points per game in that span. And I also like his schedule to start. Um, based on 2019 fantasy point per game allowed rankings, um, he starts with four to six opponents that allowed um, fantasy points in the top ten, and he starts with Las Vegas in week one. Now, we can talk DSS coming a few weeks, but I also like that he's priced at 3400 on DraftKings. Um, it allows you to try to jam in two of the three, whether it be Christian McCaffrey, Michael Thomas, or Lamar Jackson, so... His cheap salaries that allow you to a lot for trying to jam in some expensive guys, but yeah, there's a lot to look about Ian Thomas. He should crush his ADP. I'm very, I'm very, very confident. If you're trying to punt that position, like if you're trying to like really build up your wide receiver and running back depth, you can wait as long as you need to to get an Ian Thomas, who's going as pretty much the tight end 21. He should definitely outdo his ADP this year. Yeah, no doubt. You could definitely get him in, like, almost your last pick of draft. So, no, uh, the kid's got tremendous talent to him. So, And he has, like, one of the biggest hands among tight ends. And an offense that's going to have to throw a lot, Joe, that that was a really good one that you, you guys can get real late in your draft. So I like that take there. Coach Be- Justin, we'll back up to you. We'll back with a running back, a little uh, pass-catching running back here who looks like the bounce back here. Who Tell us about this guy. So uh, my second my guy would be uh, Tariq Cohen, running back for the Bears. And in large part, that's because he's running back 40 in ADP. And the guys going ahead of him are Keyshawn Vaughn, Daryl Henderson, and Marlon Mack, none of which I expect to have anywhere near the season that Tariq Cohen will have. Um, Tariq Cohen last year saw... 104 targets and caught 79 of them but the only reason he wasn't as good as his 2018 breakout year is because his yards per catch fell from 10.2 to 5.8 and uh i'm gonna put that more on mitch trubisky than i am Tariq cohen and on top of that he this was the first year of his nfl career that he didn't have a rushing touchdown despite getting 66 carries um i expect him to get both obviously a sizable portion of this passing offense. I have them projected for 108 targets, but I also have them getting only 76 rushes. So if he has safe volume, he's probably going to get around 150 total touches for the season, and he's going at ADP 110 overall. And uh, Coach Steven isn't going to want to hear this, but I currently have him projected one spot above Devin Singletary. Ah. Right behind David Montgomery. You might have to redo those rankings there, Justin. Come on, man. I'm my boy Singletary. Oh, come on. Now, uh, Terry Cohen is a, is a fantastic player, guys, that you can definitely get, especially in those, if you're in a P- full-point PPR, even in a half. Uh, definitely someone that, uh, like Justin said, is worth targeting in your drafts this year for sure. And then we'll go over to Mr. Coach Kevin once again. And you get another guy really like, uh, wide receiver here. Uh, tell us about this guy. 
I do. So my next coach's fave is Tyler Boyd of the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, last year, Tyler Boyd had a, a thousand yard receiving year. Only had five touchdowns. He was on the worst team in the league. Um, he was playing mostly with Andy Dalton, a bit with was it Drew Sample when he got benched. This year's a whole new story though. They've brought in number one overall pick, Joe Burrow, who had one of the all-time great college seasons in 2019. Um, right now, Tyler Boyd is drafted as the wide receiver 30 in PPR, which to me is just outstanding because he should have a floor of a wide receiver too. So at minimum, you're gaining about six places in value there. But if he has the season I expect him to have, he could be potentially a low-end wide receiver one in PPR which is just outstanding value. Um, you might think that Burrow maybe is going to look towards AJ Green, maybe T Higgins a bit, but Burrow loves throwing to the slot. In 2019, he had Justin Jefferson playing for the slot for him at LSU. He gave him 134 targets, which Jefferson had 111 receptions. And if Tyler Boyd comes close to that, um, might even surpass it, he's going to have a really special season. Yeah, I'm liking me some Tyler Boyd, especially with Joe Burrow there. Love that take there, Kevin. And Coach Devin, you're back up again with a new, another uh, with a quarterback this time, someone who I'm not high on because I don't like him in my division, but uh, you're high on him. So tell us about uh, this guy. Yeah, so uh, nobody is really high on him per se. Uh, most of, I believe, uh, Fantasy Pro's ADP has him going about quarterback 28. I've got him coming off the board about, yeah. I'll say ADP at 19. Um, he's 23 years old, coming into his third NFL season, which puts him younger than, I don't know, Joe Burrow, the first overall pick, with three years' experience. That's Sam Darnold from the New York Jets. I just, I love him. I absolutely love him. Um, this is probably more of a dynasty outlook, just because of the age. Um, but in redraft, I'm okay, especially with a, a super flex redraft. I'm okay with coming out with, as being my quarterback two or my three at that point. Um, people don't realize how good he actually is, how good he was last year after having Mono. He was top 12 in, in touchdowns in that second last eight, eight games. He was top 12 in, in yards attempt. He was top 12 in um, inter, interception touchdown ratio. He was pro football focuses, eighth ranked quarterback passer. Um, with a clean pocket, he was ranked the first most accurate passer. So Sam Darnold is excellent with no number one, true number one receiver last year. Jay Crowder, Crowder's looking pretty decent, could be pretty good. Um, the offensive line play was horrendous last year. It looks to be that they've upgraded it. I fully expect Sam Darnold to finish probably upside quarterback 15. Uh, I think bottom, you know, floor, floor side, probably quarterback 20. All right, all right. I like that take there. You know, you finished on that one strong there. Sam Donald definitely still young enough to really take uh, his career back on the right track there. Unfortunately, Adam Gase is there, but I think he's got enough talent Correct. to do it there. Correct. So, and that's what I think. That's what a lot of the community do not like about him. Yes, um, I, I think you, I think your average player is gonna is fading him because of the Jets. Exactly, but you can get him late, so you never know. He could be a guy who who surprises a lot of people this year. He's got the talent to do it. So, uh, no, definitely another good take there, Devin. And now we go back to Coach Mark, and he's got a wide receiver looking to make a comeback after an injury-prone season here. Uh, Coach Mark, tell us about this guy. Yeah, so my second player is T.Y. Hilton. So people are pretty down on Hilton this year after injuries limited him to only 10 games last year. And he's actually being drafted way down at wide receiver 27. Uh, yes, he did have a down year last year, but there are a few things that you have to keep in mind with that. Uh, the Colts were forced to adjust when Andrew Luck abruptly retired. And the team didn't fully trust Jacoby Brissett, so they leaned on their elite offensive line and running game. Obviously, now the running game is even stronger with the addition of Jonathan Taylor, so they're still going to run the ball a lot. Uh, but the Colts are still going to throw more this year now that they have Phillip Rivers. The Colts only threw 513 times last year, but even in that down season, Hilton was still on pace for 109 targets, which is the same number he had in 2017 with Jacoby Brissett. In his last two non-Jacoby Brissett seasons, Hilton has averaged 146 targets for 16 games. Now, those were seasons with Andrew Luck when the Colts were throwing the ball 600 times, and Rivers isn't Luck, uh, but he's still an upgrade over Brissett. Uh, the top competition for targets in Indy is going to come from Michael Pittman Jr., who was this year's second-round pick, 
Last year's second rounder, Paris Campbell, who figures to be more involved this year. Uh, tight end Jack Doyle and scat back Naheem Hines. All of those guys will be involved, uh, but and Hilton isn't going to be a 25% target share receiver, but he's still going to be far and away the number one target in this offense. Hilton's target shares the past two seasons have been 24.6% and 22.6%. Even if the Colts don't throw more often, with those level of target shares, there's still going to be enough volume for Hilton. The Colts finished 30th in the NFL in 2017 when they only threw 487 times, and Hilton still had 109 targets that year. The Colts are definitely going to throw more than 487 times this year, so Hilton's floor is above 110 targets. Uh, and with his typical target share and any luck in the health department, we should see 120 to 130 targets. Plus, we've already seen what Hilton can do with that type of volume. He probably won't lead the league in receiving yards like he did in 2016, but he did put up 1,270 yards on only 120 targets just two years ago. Hilton was going to blow past 1,000 yards if he's healthy, and he's literally being drafted below where his floor is barring injury. Uh, here are Hilton's fantasy finishes prior to last season's injury pipe campaign. He was the wide receiver 14 in 14 games in 2018. He was the wide receiver 25 with Jacoby Brissett in 2017, so he finished above his current ADP with Brissett, and he was the wide receiver 5 the season before that. Now, am I telling you that Hilton's top 5 potential again this season? No, I don't think that's the case. But if he plays 14 to 16 games, he could very well finish as a top 15 receiver, and he's basically a lock to be a top 20 receiver. He's going right now as a 63rd overall pick at the top of the sixth round, meaning you're likely taking him as your third wide receiver or even your wide receiver four. If I stock up on running backs early, which I tend to do a lot, and then you can get Hilton as your second or third wide receiver, then I'm feeling pretty great about that because I don't see him as a matchup-based play. I think Hilton's someone you can lock into your lineups whenever he's healthy and you can confidently start him every week. So I'm not saying to go draft T.Y. Hilton to be your wide receiver one, but I'm saying that he'll likely produce numbers similar to guys going two full rounds ahead of him, and he's someone guaranteed to return value at his current price. And that's why I'm likely going to end up with Hilton on a lot of my teams this year. Yeah, no, Coach, uh, I, li I like that take a lot there. People in our group chat seems to like that uh, call as well, so definitely a great take, someone who has a real opportunity to bounce back and a more competent quarterback, at least throwing the ball, you could say. So definitely love that take there, Mark. And Coach Ryan, we'll back up to you. And you got a wide receiver who I loved last year, and now he's got a uh, some new faces there to join him. Uh, tell us about this guy. Yeah, I've like I've been <clears throat> a huge fan of of this player since basically college. Um, back three years ago or so, I wasn't I wasn't the type of person that watched college only NFL. But after I started actually looking into that stuff and looking at his his film as a whole. I've, I fell in love with him. Um, this player is Cortland Sutton from the Broncos. Um, few things. Um, I know a lot of these stats from last season aren't going to necessarily correlate completely to this season due to, like you said, those faces that are coming in. Um, but I'll talk about those as well. Um, last season, Sutton drew the seventh largest target share among all wide receivers. And with that target share, he had 48 catches without a single drop. Um, and with, well, catchable throws without a single drop. There were definitely times that he didn't get the ball, but the ball wasn't catchable, so it doesn't, doesn't necessarily matter. But when the ball hit his hands, he did not drop it 48 times in a row, which that consistency is something that I always look for um, in a player that I'm going to kind of stash on most of my teams. Um, he was ranked top 16 among qualifiers in yards per catch in each of his two seasons, um, and that also includes his last season with three different quarterbacks playing with him. A couple more things going more off onto the players around him rather than the player himself. Um, Drew Locke this season in training camp, um, I've been seeing a lot of people saying that he's showing more aggression um, in the way that he throws the ball downfield, kind of throws it into windows that sometimes are, are not necessarily something he needs to do. But I think as a whole, is if, if he is able to fully – take in that playbook as his full year as or his full first season or off season rather as a starter i think that aggression is is bound to help out sutton and everyone around him um and then speaking of everyone around him um they did bring in a, a couple of weapons this draft that could play a part in in sutton kind of falling down in, in my projections but um one of them being jerry judy um Jerry Judy is a sound route runner. Um, I do think that he is going to go out and he is going to command targets. Um, it's not like this won't have any effect on Sutton. But one thing to keep in mind is um, last season and the season before, 
some of Sutton's best games came when Sanders was on the other side of the ball. So in that case, I think having someone on the other side that you know the defense will have to pay attention to um, is going to help Sutton in the long long run uh, as a whole, realistically. So I don't see Jerry Judy being that much of a hindrance to him to where it makes him not valuable for fantasy. As a whole, that's that's basically all I have on him. I've always liked him. He posted a thousand plus yards last season with three different quarterbacks. So I really see um, with a new offense, Drew Locke. Hopefully, as long as he's able to absorb that offense um, and continue this aggression that's being reported uh, from training camp, I, I don't see any reason that uh, Cortland Sutton couldn't be a, a wide receiver one or uh, low wide receiver one, high uh, high tier wide receiver two. But in the end, I'm I'm going to pick him up as much as I can just because I feel a lot of people are kind of down on him in the end. Yeah, you sure could think get him a little bit later than you uh, think you can because the people seem to be down on him because of Jerry Judy and everyone else they they drafted this offseason. So, no, Coach Rye, that was a pretty good one there. I, lo- I love that take with Cortland Sutton. And Coach Jizz, we're up to you now, and we get a you got a wide receiver who I tell everyone in PPR that they have to get the last two years now, and why don't you tell us about this guy? Oh, yeah, and unlike uh, Coach Kev's uh, pick, I got the Walmart brand and Jamison Crowder. Uh, he's a fantastic value that fantasy managers can acquire around the eighth round or later in fantasy drafts. In my opinion, the Jets did addition by subtraction during the um, offseason for the skill position players. Like, obviously, um, four, four to five, their offensive line was last year, but they let Robbie Anderson go and they added uh, Bashar Perryman. So I think they're basically going to just kind of walk into the same amount of targets. Um, Jameson Crowder saw 120 targets last year. I think he could possibly be almost a 90-catch guy, given the fact that uh, Denzel Mims and Perriman are also um, getting a little bit hampered with injuries during training camp. Uh, Sam Darnold loves the guy. And for PPR leagues, like I think if the best thing happens this year and Sam Darnold stays healthy, I think he could be a low-end wide receiver too for you. But Regardless, like if you're playing in a 12 team or deeper league, like he could be a solid PPR flex every week and out for you. Like he's not going to blow you away with like huge touchdown games or like 25 point games. But at the end of the day, if you could get that solid like 12 to 15 points from you, like he's just a good guy to have on your team, especially if you just want to have some good depth on your roster. Yeah, no, definitely love that take there. And, you know, we kind of trashed Adam Gates before when it came to Sam Donald, but James Crowder, Crowder, not with Crowder, you know, he's always, Adam Gates' offense has always featured the slot position, no matter what it was in back in Miami or last year or the Jets. You just saw the slot player always seem to have a big target share or yardage at least. So when you get Jameson Crowder, and he's, I've seen him go as late as round 11, I mean, you're getting a steal there, a guy who could put up our uh, wide receiver three numbers there. So. Again, another one, Jibs, I would have loved to take from you, though, but love that take there. And now we're on my last take. Uh, Coach Tyler, I guess, is not joining us tonight, but his were A.J. Brown and D.J. Shark, uh, two players. One I really like, one I don't like, but uh, maybe one day he'll get back to us about why he liked those players. So we'll go right to my last one, guys, and it's Mike Gusecki. I went with the Miami guy on this one, not to be biased at all. Uh, because I know Miami has things to do still overall. But Mike Isicki going into his third year after a slight breakout in 20, uh, 2019 was fantastic for him. I mean, you know, he doubled his output from the year before. Uh, you know, he was second in attempts, second in targets. Um, granted, some of this came yes to the back of Preston Williams not being there. He was tight end eight during the second half of the season. And we all know Preston Williams will be back and more than likely healthy. And you saw early on in the season where I think, you know, with a tight end, we all know they didn't take more time to develop. He was tight end 30 during that time, and he wasn't seeing the target share that like Preston Williams was seeing when he was on the field there. But you know, it does take tight ends a little bit longer to go. So I think you know, going into his third year now, it seems like the team trusts him and planned him to be involved in this offense. There's same things going to happen. I mean, you also have 100 targets not coming back this season right now, and Albert Wilson and Alan Hearns, who decided to opt out for the year. And Mike Gusecki, though, the offensive coordinator, um, Chad Gain- Gan- Ganley, uh, has not been known over his career to producing tight ends, especially in fantasy. Uh, definitely scares a lot of people right now. I think that's why he's still still so low in drafts right now. But uh, he lined up in the slot 461 times last year. It was like 64% of his, his lineups were in the slot last year. And, I mean, Jakeem Grant is there, yes, but Mike Gusecki could easily be in that slot role. And Chad Ganley, uh, he does have a pretty good producer in slots. I mean... 
I'll tell you his things real quick. Tony Gonzalez, 2008, 800 yards and two touchdowns from the slot. Uh, David Nelson, you don't even know from the Buffalo Bills, 323 yards, three touchdowns. David Nelson the following year, 622 yards and three touchdowns. Scott Chandler in 2012 had 304 yards and two touchdowns. Eric Decker with the Jets in 2015 had 695 yards and seven touchdowns. Uh, Quincy and Nunwa in 2016 have had 488 yards and three touchdowns. So this offense being in such a pass heavy right now, especially with the defense still, I don't think, there yet to be that competitive. Mike Kosecki is going to see opportunities, going to see targets still. And again, he's someone who could finish in the top probably eight you're getting right now in that round 12 range right now. And and I think that's just a, a position if you want to kind of at least somewhat tank the tight end position, which I love to do. Uh, Mike Gusecki sitting there in that round 11 is just a steal for many people who has that top one, uh, tight end one finish this year that you're going to be getting. So uh, he's my fave, coach's fave, guys. So, But that is the end of our episode, guys. I'm surprised we got all of us in here within the under of the hour, which I'm really happy about. Uh, fortunately, like I said, Coach Tyler couldn't be here, but maybe one day we'll get him back there. So uh, before we let everyone go, we're going to let everyone just say their social social media, something that may be working on, and just one tidbit for the season here, one tip uh, that they can help you with your fantasy season. So uh, Coach Jesse, we'll let you go first. Uh, give your spiel of everything you got going on. Yeah, so you can follow me on Twitter at jakerocket24 or our new MLB page over at Unwrapped at MLB Unwrapped underscore so go check me out there if you're not already as far as a uh, tip i would just say you know so- something i've been preaching to myself sometimes is just to sometimes i have a tendency to overthink things and do not overthink at the last minute you know there's nothing worse than making a last minute lineup change an hour before lineups lock and then the guy that you originally had in blows up and the guy you switched out does poorly. So I would just say there, there's such thing as putting yourself in the best position to win, but then there's also a point where you can get too cute. And I've been a, uh, yeah, I've done that in the past and I have made a vow to try to limit that going forward. Okay. No, definitely a fantastic take there and definitely go give them a follow guys as well. Uh, Coach Joe, you're up. Yeah, so you can find me on Twitter at um, FFJVAPHL. So pretty much in regards to the the COVID-19, I would say the NFL has done a good job in regards to handling it. You can kind of see the measures that they've taken if you watch episode one of Hard Knocks with the Rams and the Chargers. Of course, that's all going to change come week one when teams start traveling. So. My best advice for whoever doesn't have a Twitter right now is to start a Twitter in the sense that come eight, yeah, come 11.30 Eastern and 8.30 Pacific time, it's going to get crazy on the wire in the sense that if players even draw a fever outside the stadium, they're not letting these players in. So you need to be keeping up with these roster transactions and moves in terms of like who's going to be inactive, who's going to be put on these COVID-19 inactive lists, because it, those – things are going to open opportunities. So in a redraft league, you can steal a handcuff from somebody, somebody that, let's say this guy has Ezekiel Elliott. He tests, or he has a fever. He can't go in that stadium. If Tony Pollard's available on the, on the waiver wire, you can swipe that person from your opponent and use him on your roster. That's even think about DFS. Value is going to open up on a weekly basis if these, some of these players just simply can't go in the stadium. It's just going to open up options on on your lineups that just didn't exist prior to 11.30 Eastern time. I wrote an article for the site that kind of um, further elaborates on that, but you want to be paying attention to these to um, Sunday morning, even as early as Saturday night when some of these um, reports come out, but you need to make sure that you're monitoring these, these, these um, wires just to make sure that the players that you have on your roster actually start because – when they say it's going to be the craziest year of fantasy football, they're not kidding. It's going to be a crazy year this year. We need to be up up, up to date in terms of what's going on. Yeah, Coach Joe, I like that take there a lot. Uh, definitely go check out. He does have an article out there, guys, on how to weaponize Twitter and, and use it to, way to benefit you this season. So go check that out if you haven't already. And uh, Coach Joe and Jesse are going to be our uh, DFS guys this year. So if you're into DFS as well, they're going to have some things for you during the season, maybe a couple podcast episodes as well. So... Uh, look for that this coming season because they're going to give you guys the you know the four one one on all that great stuff right there. So, 
And then we'll move over to Coach Jesse. Uh, you're up, my friend. <laughs> Go ahead, Justin. You're up, my friend. All right. Uh, my Twitter handle is Justin underscore Gibson7. And I, I'm working on an article right now. Just got started since I finished the projections. But uh, it's five high four wide receivers to go alongside with or excuse me, high ceiling wide receivers to go along with my high five high floor article. And my tip for the season would be do not be afraid to spend your fab early on in the season. Um, because the more the earlier you add them on in the season, the more valuable they are. I mean basically saying you you get more games from them the earlier you add them. And so holding your fab until the end of the season and hoping that one starter goes down and you can scoop up the backup and for a four-game stretch, it, it's not really worth it when you can get a breakout in week three. No, definitely definitely love that take there. So guys, sure. go, give him a, go give him a follow over on Twitter as well. And Coach Kev, you're up, my friend. Okay, yeah, so... You can find me over on Twitter at CoachKBH. I'll try to get to be more active this year because it's a great, a great place to talk to people about everything fantasy. Um, my one tip this year is to listen to your gut. So you've heard us all talk today about guys we like. You'll hear every expert hype up everyone under the sun. But the experts aren't always right. So if there's a guy you think is going to have a breakout year, draft him. You're, there's nothing more you'll regret than listening to someone else and not following your own gut because after all fantasy is about having fun yeah no definitely listen to your gut this year guys like my gut's telling me to draft Calvin Ridley everywhere listen to your gut guys every every that's the best thing you can do is listen to your gut sometimes if you can't choose between players just go with your gut so love that take there Kev and Coach Devin you're up yeah you can follow me on Twitter at, at Devin Maney that's M-A-N-E-Y um, you know my biggest tip is don't forget you don't win your draft or you don't win your league at the draft. You're just laying the foundation. You got you know you got to keep working that waiver wire in the trades, and uh, eventually it's going to come through for you. All right, no, definitely love that. It's just one phase of your entire season, guys. So love that take, is that okay, Devin? And Coach Mark, you're up. Okay, so you can find me on Twitter at mmcw19. You can also find me on Instagram at mtmfantasy. Um, you can check out my work at uh, fantasypros.com and rotoballer.com. Been writing some articles for them. Got a new article coming out in the next few days about the impact on the Ravens' backfield. So uh, be on the lookout for that one. And uh, my tip for 2020 is to value continuity. And now that doesn't mean to go draft a guy like Marvin Jones over DeAndre Hopkins just because Nuke's changing teams, uh, even though I do like Marvin Jones as a value this year. Uh, but what it means is that if you have multiple guys in the same tier, then as a tiebreaker, you should value guys who don't have to learn a new offense or mess with a new quarterback during this weird offseason. You know, it's, uh, it's just reality that players who are returning to a familiar situation are going to be safer uh, than players who are in a new situation, and especially with no preseason and a limited training camp. Uh, and you both already have the worry there's potentially contracting uh, COVID this season, uh, so limit the, limit the risk elsewhere by taking known commands whenever possible. Yeah, especially with the way this offseason is going, people who have experience sometimes gets the better of those who don't have that experience off the bat. So love that take there, Mark. And Coach Ryan, you're the last one. Go. All righty. So my Twitter is HTTRyan underscore FF. Um, and then my, just keep it short and simple, my um, tip of the day or of the pod realistically is um, don't let your draft judgment get uh, clouded by the ADPs. Um, I see a lot of times people are simply picking players based on the fact that that is where they're supposed to be picked. Um, I don't think that's a good philosophy to to run with when you're doing your draft. So there are times and places to pick players ahead or below their ADP. Um, so as long as you're not too clouded by that, um, realistically, I think you guys should have a good draft. Yeah, definitely love that take there as well, Ryan. And again, as always, guys, please go follow us on uh, our website at www.thefantasycoaches.com. You can follow us on Twitter at Coaches Fantasy. Coach Jibs, do you have a take you want to say real quick? Oh, yeah, I want to just follow up, Ryan, is like when you are doing your draft, just make it kind of like a tier sheet of players you like during the draft or use some expert rankings that you like or you just go follow. Come on thefantasycoaches.com if you are rankings. but. 
during the draft, just exploit rankings too, because like rankings differ for various sites. I know a lot of um, there's a lot of platforms nowadays. So like, say for instance, like David Johnson, he's ranked 32nd on Sleeper, but he's ranked 43rd on ESPN, but he's ranked 41st on CBS and NFL. And then like last night, I was helping one of my friends draft, and like I noticed Hunter Henry was absurdly low on ESPN. Like Fancy Pro Rankings has him at pick 80. But, like, on ESPN, he's buried. He's at 110. So, like, you see certain things like that, you can kind of get a little bit more advantageous in your lineups and uh, building some more depth, especially during late portions of the drafts. All right. And your Twitter handle for everyone. Oh, Hot Take Honcho on Twitter. Yeah, don't forget that. Don't get that. Don't forget the Honcho. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and, guys, my guess, my tip would be uh, take, take risk a little bit in your draft. Don't... Don't go for, you know, oh, I know this player will get me a certain amount of points. You know, especially in those later rounds, you have to take that risk. You know, go with a guy who has upside than a guy who's got a safe floor sometimes. Uh, because in the long run, they may not help. They may help you win a week or two here and there. But the guys you could take with that big upside could help you win your league. So that's my biggest thing. Those 12 to 16 round, wherever you do, sometimes taking a little risk will get you to that next level. So. And again, you can you guys can also follow me on my personal account, uh, Coach Stephen P. So we appreciate you guys for listening tonight. Hopefully, you enjoyed this pod. I enjoyed getting everybody on. Maybe we'll do this again during the season at some point. But thank you guys for listening. Be safe, be healthy, and have a great one. The back is not far fed. We got a couple of clock hands. I've been feeling super duper. How the heck they know the future? Come with me, don't be a loser. Grass is green like pooper scoopers. Clueless analysts don't do the half of this. In fact, I'm backing this by asking if y'all remember that tough act interacting. Shh, like boom, running like zoom. The highest and mightiest entered the room. High off the knowledge, I'm feeling the fumes. All players covered this nuts as legumes. Opponents are doomed, and these are the facts. I keep it 100 like I'm running track. I listen up, I'ma head back, back to the blowing up, blowing up, blowing up, go.